Von Palmer's favorite hairband from the 80s right there, actually. And what a coincidence. We're chatting with Von Palmer now. Good morning, Von. Good morning, Femi. Okay. You love rat. We all know that. Come on. Oh, yeah. You just There's just... The, the culture in the 70s and 80s was just so rich. I don't know how we could possibly top it since then. <laughs> we can't. I'm not being sarcastic, but you are. But okay. Let's uh, talk about what's going on with the provincial government these days. So we were just discussing the really horrifically high overdose numbers that we have had, the deaths uh, for the last, you know, seven years, also just for the first six months of this year. So what is the response from the government on this? Well, I think with anything that happens now, uh, we want to know what is the response from the premier to be. And David Eby, his inevitableness, if you look at it, well, certainly the New Democrats in the cabinet and caucus have all united behind him. Uh, he well poised to become leader when the vote uh, is completed in December. And so every time something happens, you know, whether it's housing or anything else, you go, well, what does David Eby think? What's he going to do? So he said there won't be any radical departures between him and uh, John Horgan if he does win the leadership, as he's expected to do. But you always look for, well, what difference? So he's out this week. He's asked about the... um, overdose crisis, uh, what, uh, the daily death toll average now is double what it was when the emergency was declared, so the numbers are all going in the wrong way. Uh, He concedes that what we've done to date is not sufficient. Okay, what would he do differently? Well, he says he's disturbed about reports that people who have multiple overdose crises, they go to the emergency room, uh, they're stabilized or given emergency treatment and then released back into the community and it happens again. So he thinks. He thinks it's interesting. I thought anyway. Uh, he says instead of just releasing them back into the community, they should be held and supported and treated in the ER. They shouldn't just be released back out to have it happen again, particularly since some of the overdose uh, some of the overdoses add to the mental health problems as well of some of the people. So uh, EB says uh, more resources, uh, more treatment, better emergency response. Um, well, that's something different anyway. Uh, I'm sure that uh, yeah, he, he tried to frame it, as, Simi, as, you know, I, I respect the work that's being done now. I respect Sheila Malcolmson. But what can you say? The numbers are all going yeah. in the wrong way. I blame the, plan- the pandemic. Yes, uh, they blame the pandemic. Uh, we're waiting for uh, the decriminalization of illicit drugs in the new year. Yes, but uh, I was struck by the fact that... Uh, We're going to get a new premier in December. It's probably going to be David Eby, and he doesn't think we've done enough yet, and he wants to do more in some areas where he doesn't think the response is adequate to date. That is really interesting, actually, Vaughn, because like I've been talking about this for years, and that was the question that I've always had is, you know what, if somebody has a heart attack and they show up in the emergency room, we don't just let them walk out after they recover from the heart attack. There's follow-up treatment. But if somebody overdoses, that's it. They, They leave, and that's it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I heard you talking, uh, you know, and we, we all talk about this every time we get these numbers. Every month, Lisa LaPointe comes out and, you know, it's distressing to hear it. Uh, and yet I, I think about the public response and why is the public response comparatively low-key compared to, say, the public response over waiting lists in the emergency room or 
closure of clinics or the inability to get a family doctor. Uh, you know, I think part of it is is a sense that nothing has worked. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah. So, you know, how do you, you can engage the public and wring your hands and everybody does that every month. But the I think part of the reason that the public tunes this out is not just that they don't know people who've overdosed and died to the same degree that they know people who don't have a family doctor or and so forth. I think part of it is that, you know, it's it looks like one of those problems that will always be with us. Nobody has any solutions at work. And so you just kind of tune it out, sigh, and move on. I mean, I guess so. It doesn't make it any better, but that's no. the way it seems to be right now. But we'll wait to see if they change that shift at all. Um, and since we're talking about shifts, let's talk about this policing issue as well. What is going on with this in Esquimalt? Well, it's a big deal in the provincial capital region. So almost 20 years ago, uh, Victoria and Esquimalt agreed with some prodding from the provincial government to uh, merge their municipal police forces. So they both have municipal police forces. That was about 20 years ago. And... Uh, People have been grumbling about it ever since. Uh, Victoria has been grumbling that it can't persuade Esquimalt to approve all the additional policing that's needed to deal with crime problems in the capital region. And Esquimalt has been complaining that it's being asked to pay for a whole bunch of stuff that aren't problems in Esquimalt, that most of the crime problems, the homeless problem, the drug overdose problem, people living in the streets problem, all that is in Victoria. And people in Esquimalt are going, hmm, why should we pay for all this when it isn't our problem? So the agreement, Simi, uh, it's uh, 10 years. Uh, the second 10-year term is up. And the Squamalt Council voted unanimously this week to terminate the agreement. They are not going to renew the policing agreement with Victoria. They are going to look at other models and alternatives. Uh, Victoria disappointed, uh, but it has been coming for a long time. The, the grumbling, the chorus of discontent around this has been growing. So it's not a big surprise that this partnership has fallen apart. Wow, there's always something, right? Like yeah. it, you, you would think that that would not be that big of a, a deal. It's a big deal because, you know, the, the capital region is, uh, God knows I love it here, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's unusual in a few respects. So the, the little community here, less than 400,000 people south of the, at this little peninsula at the south end of the island, has, hmm, what, more than a dozen municipalities, so many municipalities that is, Jack Knox, the humor columnist for the Victoria paper, jokes that there's so many municipalities they run out of names. So we have three municipalities that call themselves Saanich. So, but the, 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 the crime problem is concentrated in the central city of Victoria. But Victoria is small. It's smaller than one of the Saaniches. So needless to say, the other municipalities don't see Victoria's problem as their problem. They see it as Victoria's problem. And they go, why should we be paying for this? And that's been their attitude on a whole bunch of things. So Victoria, trying to look on the bright side, Simi, of the breakdown of this agreement with Esquimalt, is saying, okay, well, maybe we'll have a regional police force for the capital region. 
Well, the provincial government has to approve that, and the New Democrats hold all but one of the seats in the capital region, and you go, why would they tick off all the other municipalities by imposing a regional police force and making everybody pay for it when the problem is Victoria's problem? Um, The province does have to sign off, Simi, on the breakup of the Esquimalt-Victoria policing agreement. So uh, Mike Farmer, the Solicitor General, has to agree to that. He said he he wants to see the model from Esquimalt for what they're going to do to set up their own police force. But uh, amalgamation is something that people on the sidelines often say, oh, that'd be a great idea. But it's hard to get ratepayers talking about it. I mean, just suggest that. Just imagine suggesting that Oak Bay and anywhere else amalgamate, right? This is, this is, these little communities here are, are insular for good reason, and uh, they're not interested in uh, a lot of this talk of amalgamation, whether it's police forces or anything else. Who knew that po- like regional policing would become such a hot topic? Right? Yeah, well, I, you know, uh, it's been called for, I mean, we've had calls for a provincial police force, uh, We've had calls for regional police force in and around Metro Vancouver. Uh, Entrenched interests uh, don't like it because they expect they'll be paying for stuff that they don't need. And they suspect, with some justification, that the, the people lobbying for regional police forces or merged police forces are in communities that have most of the crime problems, and they're not, you know, they're looking to get other communities which don't have those problems to help pay for solving the problems. Mm-hmm. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sim.